Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Someone wondering there, should we, should we just be buying physical gold? Or, yeah, you could buy kryptonite too, uh, which segues us <laughs> clunkily into the next thing. So there was a, a new documentary at uh, Sundance and apparently it went down a storm. So it was Superman, the Christopher Reeve story. And I'm joined now by Harvey O'Brien, who's a lecturer in film at UCD. Hi, Harvey. Hey, how are you? So, Harvey, when our generation thinks of uh, Superman, we see Christopher Reeve, really, don't we? 100%, yeah. I mean, in my head, literally, you say Superman, Christopher Reeve. Uh, He embodied the character quite literally. His physicality, how he looked, how he spoke, and everything about him seemed to sort of be imbued with something of the dignity that we, we associated with that character at that time. Yeah. When you say dignity, what, what, what was Superman? If, in a way, like it felt like a kind of an embodiment of, I don't know, American, you know, corn fed, kind of good mm. teeth, kind of uh, upstanding guy. Yes, but more so than that, I think Superman was always a symbol of hope and aspiration that we could be better than we are and that with all of our flaws and all the things that are going on there are people who will be decent there are people who are strong and people who will help other people and I think Superman is meant to be a symbol of uplift that we can be better than man we can be Superman, which goes both to its philosophical origins and its literary origins. Okay, okay. Uh, So that Superman, the first one with Christopher Reeve, came out in 1978. Had there been big superhero films before that? Not so much. There had been a lot of superheroes in the cinema, but not necessarily as feature films. From the 1940s, you had serials. American, Captain America, Superman, Batman. They were all done as children's serials, so they had been on the big screen. Um, And then, of course, they had gone to television as well. And in 1951, I think it was, possibly 1952, uh, there was Superman versus the Mole Men, which was kind of the first actual American superhero movie on the big screen, which uh, then spun off into the very popular George Reeves uh, television series, The Adventures of Superman, which ran throughout the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And he was kind of the first modern image of Superman as well, in a way, wasn't he? And then, of course, there were, like, uh, what I remember as a kid was mainly Batman and kind of a camp. Yeah. Well, Batman came along later. Batman was the 60s. And actually, Superman had really disappeared from that sort of popular culture at that time. And the the campiness of Batman really affected the popularity of Superman because Superman was dead straight. I mean, you know, you'd had the Fleischer cartoons as well. And again, that symbol of uplift, that symbol of that there is a purity in being good and in being indeed being a good American at that point in time. Batman was a little bit kind of like, ah, lads, this is all a bit of crack. And that's very hard to pull off with Superman. So Superman sort of disappeared and that's why the rights were easy enough to get for the Salkins when it came to making the 1978 Superman. I mean, imagine trying to buy the rights um, to Superman today. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that film was a massive cultural phenomenon at the time, wasn't it? Huge, huge. It was part of the whole 1970s blockbuster culture and the return to big movies that told big stories because of course American cinema had contracted through the 1960s and the 1970s it had got very introspective it had gotten quite dark uh, the paranoid culture this is the of the kind time of easy riders raging easy bulls, riders right, exactly culture, and then yeah. of course along in 1975 uh, comes jaws uh, the first film to make over 100 million dollars at the box office and everyone goes hey hey we can find an exploding shark let's keep going with this uh, and star wars in 77 so superman was now part of an uplift thing where again this kind of everything is okay Okay, everything can be okay idea fed into the positive vibes okay. a blockbuster could give you and Christopher Reeve embodied that perfectly. Okay, we'll take a quick clip just to give people a flavour. This is the first time that Superman rescued Lois Lane. 
Easy, miss. I've got you. You... you've got me? Who's got you? Well, I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off flying, miss. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. Oh, we laughed. No, we laughed it up. I, I, you forget how important the music was. The music oh, was like brainwashing us all the way Absolutely. through as well. Yeah. So listen, Christopher Reeve then, who this documentary uh, is about. So he, he was a very serious actor, wasn't he? He'd come up in theatre. Yes, he yeah. was trained in Juilliard, like the heart of American you know, training. And he did serious workshops there on, on, on being a film actor. He, he came from New York originally and was raised in, in New Jersey and was interested in theatre and drama. He tried to steer away from it, but it kept drawing him back. So when he was in college, he was doing you know, theatre there. When he left college, it was kind of like, you know, what will I do? And on to, to Juilliard he goes. And uh, yeah, so he was very kind of methodical. Uh, he was a very exacting actor and you can kind of see it in every performance he gives it can make him somewhat stiff and wooden in some of the films that he did other than Superman but it worked perfectly for Superman because that straight arrow performance was absolutely bang on for the character. So what was it, he was an unlikely guy then to become Superman and I, I mean yeah. he did stick with the franchise but I think he got, he got more uh, disillusioned, did he? Yeah, oh, definitely he did. Well, he was Initially they wouldn't even cast him as Superman because he was actually very slight, he was quite skinny. You could, if you look at pictures of him on the stage in the early 70s he really was very skinny and then he bulked up big time for Superman. He was trained by Dave Prowse who of course played Darth Vader the physical Darth Vader in Star Wars he was a bodybuilder and he put on something like 24 pounds of muscle mass to sort of build up for this character and so again he put that energy and effort into that character and making that work and he did it so so well that he became indelibly associated with it so while he was a movie star in that sense he wasn't a movie star in that his performance could carry over into other things he did films like Monsignor The Aviator that nobody even remembers and you know he was fine in them but he was very straight so he kept coming back to Superman he was he was reluctant to do it but at the same time that's where the paycheck was and Superman 3 as we know was kind of a notorious mess because they tried to cross it over with a Richard Pryor film and it's as much a Richard Pryor comedy as it is mm. a superhero movie and he did not want to do Superman 4 but by the time 1987 sort of rolled around he basically needed money and they gave him very good terms and they gave him a story credit and everything but what they didn't give him was money to make the movie with um, and when you're watching Superman 4 it starts off okay and then you can actually see the money evaporate on the screen it just gets <laughs> cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and you're kind of like oh god this is awful and that was the end of it okay so then uh, like all great American lives there's a second act it starts in, uh, in in tragedy and the whole story was a tragedy so 1995 Reeve had a terrible accident. Yes, he was, again, an avid sports person throughout his life, uh, apart from from the bodybuilding. He was actually, believe it or not, a qualified pilot. Uh, He was a sailor. He grew up uh, on the coast of New Jersey, so he sailed all the times. And then for uh, his 
uh, role in Anna Karenina, he learned to ride and he learned to become an equestrian. And like everything, he just took it very seriously. And so he entered equestrian competitions. And it was in the course of one of those competitions uh, in 1995 that I think it was at the third jump, um, he fell. And he fell from his horse right over the horse, which had refused the jump, landed on his helmet, all like 212 pounds of him smacked right in. So he broke his vertebrae um, and he became uh, completely quadriplegic at that point. Okay. So initially didn't deal with it well, but ultimately kind of became a whole other person and a, a kind of a triumph out of it. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, that's that's the story of the second act that's been told so many times and is being told again in this documentary, that the quality of Superman and being aspirational and being more than you could be is is what he did because he went from that position of thinking, I'm less than I was. Um, my life no longer has any meaning. Uh, deep despair. I, I What's the point in, in being who I am? To recovering from that and then becoming not not only someone who was determined to get back as much as what they could of their mobility and freedom and so forth, but also became involved with the what was Christopher Reeve and now Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation to support other people with spinal injuries. And he became he came to embody the Superman that you, you can overcome yeah. absolutely anything once you accept who you are and face who you are and then always endeavour to be that little bit more than what you are at any given moment in time. Yeah, the documentary sounds really moving as well. Like I hadn't remembered that when when he was in rehab, Robert De Niro and all these mm. people egging him on. And then there's an interesting thing there. He had this amazing friendship with, with Robin Williams. Robin and I think Williams, it's Glenn yeah. Close or somebody says that if Christopher Reeve hadn't died, that Robin Williams might still That's be right. I, I've, I've heard that as well. Yeah, because they were very close friends. They studied in Juilliard together and they were on John Houseman's acting programme together. So, I mean, you think of Robin Williams as a crazy improvisatory yeah. <laughs> guy who just wandered in off the street and started acting. But no, he was trained as well. And so the two of them were college buddies. And before either of them were famous, they were friends. And that friendship continued. And as they sort of rose and fall in their financial fortunes, that friendship absolutely endured. The story is told that because, of course, Christopher Reeve wasn't very well situated financially when he had his accident that Robin Williams covered some of his medical expenses. And another story is told <laughs> that he, he came into the hospital fairly early on in the thing and disguised as a doctor and said he was there to give him a proctology exam <laughs> um, and stuff like this. So apparently they, they were deeply closely friends friends with one another. And yeah, the loss of Christopher Reeve would have, he would have lost his wingman in a sense. Wow. Um, so that could have fed into what happened to Robin Williams for sure. Okay, extraordinary story. Uh, it's a much more crowded market now, the whole superhero thing. Is Superman kind of gone out of fashion again or is no, he going to come back? he's still around. But the problem is it's, you know, without getting too dark, it's very difficult to have hope in these times. Um, and the idea of a kind of pure symbol of hope, which Superman is meant to be, is very difficult to come by. So every hero must be flawed. They must have a dark side. And every TV show is always about, let's go to the dark side of a character. And when you do that with Superman, you have to come back from it. I mean, even literally in Superman 3, they split him into Clark Kent and Superman. Um, and the Superman character was a dark character and the Clark Kent was a good guy. You can do it. It's a comic book trope. Oh, yeah, I remember when, you, when, when you live in dark, the dark yeah. all the time, you're Batman. Um, so okay. it's very, very <laughs> difficult to get Superman to work in that environment, but it endures. Okay, Harvey, it's great to get the bigger meanings and the, the meta analysis of all this kind of stuff. Uh, Harvey O'Brien, lecturer in film at UCD, thank you. Uh, someone here says, Somewhere in Time is a very good Christopher yep. Reeve film made yep. in the early 80s, a haunting quality. Just, of a just after Superman, yeah. No, a lovely film with a, a beautiful John Barry score, a very romantic kind of haunting drama about a time-travelling character.
<laughs> Sounds like a classic somewhere in time. Okay, Harvey O'Brien, thank you very much. We'll take a break. Email brendan at rte.ie. 